Welcome to Decode Your Burnout, the podcast where we crack the code on burnout based on three primary factors, your programming, environment, and personality. We also feature experts who debunk the myths about what it takes to be successful in their industry and spin those tips to fit the workplace so you can optimize the way you work. I'm your host, Dr. Sharon Grossman, a psychologist turned coach, author, and burnout expert. If you're burned out and want to go from exhausted to extraordinary, book a free breakthrough session with me by going to bookachatwithsharon.com. And if you want to see how you're doing and what to focus on next, download the burnout checklist. You'll find the link in the show notes or go to bit.ly forward slash check your burnout. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome Decode Your Burnout fans to another episode with me, Dr. Sharon Grossman. And today I have a special guest named UK Top 20 Most Influential Female Founder by Startups Magazine. Stephanie Melodia is the CEO of Bloom, the tech industry's award-winning brand marketing agency. Stephanie is also host of the Time to Bloom podcast, as well as the biannual event series, Bloom Presents. She's a scout for early stage VC firm, Ada Ventures, and proponent of Feminism 5.0, the fifth wave that focuses on the men to achieve gender equality. Stephanie is a sought after thought leader in the fields of entrepreneurship and gender equality, and she's here to share her burnout story and three tips that have helped her recover. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's really wonderful to have you and especially joining from across the pond. So, um, which, you know, tells us that burnout is universal. It doesn't matter where you live. Um, (laughs) So why don't you start us off by telling us about your burnout story? What led you to burnout? I think your introduction covers it. You know, I'm a very busy woman, as many of your listeners probably are. I think as, you know, ambitious, professional people, not just women, but we put ourselves under so much pressure, especially if we're self-employed, running our own businesses. There are so many things that we need to do. There's a lot of pressure that comes from whether it's internally or external influences. So, we push ourselves to burnout without really realizing there's just so much that we need to get done. Um, So I'm coming up to my fifth year of uh, running Bloom, the award-winning marketing agency that you described in the introduction. And it was actually in my first couple of years that I really experienced burnout. Now, burnout is very easy to confuse with fatigue, with exhaustion, even depression. There's lots of overlapping symptoms. But it was around the time that it was being talked about a little bit more. And it was a word that was being thrown around quite frequently on social media. And it seemed almost as though everyone was suffering from burnout. It was almost like the trend. And I never, you know, I kind of dusted it off. I always dismissed it. But what really made me realize that I was suffering in the early years of of building my company was obviously feeling physically run down, feeling emotionally just completely drained is the best way to describe it, just zero energy. But more importantly was the fact that I couldn't bounce back. Like I was the sort of person, I never get ill. I would always be super healthy. I'd never take a sick day. I'd, 
have a great immune system. I never get a, get sick. But this was a time where I was so ill and I just wasn't bouncing back from it. And the weeks were turning into months. <laughs> and obviously it's my body trying to tell me something that I'm ignoring, but I, I can't possibly listen to my body. I can't stop. I need to keep going. And so that continued effort to keep going and keep driving and build my business and all this pressure that I was putting myself under just, just kept me ill for the longest bloody time. <laughs> so, you know, you talked about a few different things here. We talk about this go, go, go mentality, which a lot of us fall into that, especially us doers. And of course, there's also this programming, which is a belief that no matter how hard it gets, how much my body falls apart, how tired I am, I need to keep going. Mm. And where did that idea come from? I, I said in the earlier that, you know, this does affect everyone. Like, I don't want to make this kind of a, a woman thing, but I think that there is something worth mentioning here about the pressure that women do put ourselves under. And I don't know whether there's something there with being the natural caregivers, the ones in the family to either, you know, take care of elders or whether childcare responsibilities fall onto the women usually, you know, we've actually slipped back in time when it comes to gender equality and feminism due to lockdown because of the pay gap naturally defaulting to women having to stay at home and take care of the kids and everything else. So there is something to be said there. I think there is something gendered about it with women putting ourselves under this amount of pressure, not wanting to ask for help and just wanting to keep going and appear maybe stronger than we actually are. Um, so it is like it is such a widespread epidemic. You know, you also mentioned before about, you know, I'm obviously tuning in from the other side of the pond here um, with my British accent. This has affected so many of us. In the first world countries, we're putting ourselves under this, this amount of stress. And the problem with stress is that there are so many signals that just go unnoticed that you just, it is just so easy to dismiss these smaller physical signs because it's just not that big a deal. We're not placing that much importance on them. So we've got work to carry on with. We've got our focuses. We've got our priorities. So we just kind of go, go, go until it's too late and it takes you even longer to come back from it after that point. And sometimes we hear people come on and they share how they were working in a corporation, an organization, and they burned out. And then they kind of transformed their career and they became business owners. And then they kind of found the light, if you will. And your story is actually, I am a business owner and that's what led to my burnout, right? So it's yeah. not as uh, glamorous as sometimes we think about, right? It's a lot of work. It's a lot of responsibility. And sometimes we burn out as business owners with all of the wonderful, you know, benefits that we get in terms of flexibility and, you know, all these things, there are also a lot of responsibility. So, you know, you talked about how you, you're just like this very busy person. You're trying to build a company. And what was the first sign for you that, this was going downhill. Like you mentioned that you were tired and there was this pressure, but at one point, at what point did that turn into, I think there's something wrong with me. Just how long it was taking for me to recover. Really? I, um, you know, I would, as I said, number one, I wouldn't really get ill in the first place. So the fact that I wasn't feeling great 
whilst I was still doing what I was enjoying, supposedly, at least most of the time, I was loving it. Um, falling ill in the first instance was like, oh, I don't even know why. What is it that's making me ill? Like when I've been ill before, there's been a very obvious cause to it. I've sat too close to someone who had the sniffles or a virus or whatever. So I was like, oh, I don't even know what's making me ill. But the real telltale was how long it took for me to to get better again. So it was getting to the point where I said, even if the very rare instances that I fell run down, where I wasn't doing so well, maybe last a few days, if that, like at an absolute maximum. So I said the first time experiencing something that would last for not only weeks, but getting into months, you're like, oh my goodness, like this is not normal me. I think the other thing is, you're talking about how a lot, you have a lot of guests, you come from the corporate worlds and transition into self-employment. Number one, absolutely yes. Entrepreneurship is majorly over-glamorized, for sure. There's all this hype around being your own boss. It's a lot of hard work. There's a lot of hustle. One of the benefits that you described there as well, that flexibility. Interestingly enough, and this is obviously coming from a place of having experienced burnout, not only once, but twice, is the flexibility goes both ways, right? So it's like, oh yeah, great, this is flexible. I can work when I want, how I want. But someone like me who had to go through a huge self-discovery, coaching, all of these things, self-development to recognize how much of this I'm doing to myself or I'm allowing to happen. So if you are naturally a bit of a workaholic, you're a grafter, you're an achiever, you pride yourself on being a type A go-getter, which is what most, that's a classic profile of someone who's going out and building their own business, right? If you fall into that category, then that flexibility just means, oh yeah, I can't just leave the office and go home and have a personal private life. I've now become one and the same identity as the company that I'm also building. So what was really, really unhealthy and toxic in the very early stages with this immense pressure of building my own company in the first like, year or two was this idea that, oh my goodness, any minute, any second that I don't spend working on my company, I'm like losing out. Like, why would I be sat in front of Netflix when I could be going through LinkedIn and finding new connections? Why would I be having a lie-in at the weekend and sleeping a few more hours when I could be sending out lots of emails or whatever the task may be? So that was a super dangerous thought pattern that I was having, again, in the very early stages, like very self-destructive. Which sometimes you just have to you you go through what you what you grow or what's the saying? So you grow through what you go through. So you have to. I had to experience this. As I said, I went through burnout once, and then a year later, almost to the exact day, I experienced it again. But this time, I had I could recognize the signals a little bit earlier on. I thought, oh my goodness, I'm just I'm just not helping myself here. <laughs> so after you experienced burnout the first time, what did you do to recover? And how did that differ, if at all, from what you used the second time around? That's such a great question. So I think in both instances, I, I, my body, my physical body was vying for my attention. <laughs> so in both time, like the first time was just 
was eventually giving in to my body and what my body was telling me. So first time I was like, oh my God, eventually like resting, taking it easy. And it's like, well, I might get a load of hours sleep one night and then think, okay, I wake up fresh the next day and I'm fine. So it's a huge lesson in patience because it's like, well, you need to do that quite a few times, take a proper break, have a bit of a detox, go back to the basics of eating right, getting enough rest. It's this real, it's almost a separate entity, my physical person that I have to take care of. So I said it was the same thing both times. It was just, it took me so much longer to realize those things the first time around. So that's actually an important point that um, while it's not great to experience burnout more than once, it's plenty to have it just the one time. Uh, but the benefit is that you're now familiar with it. And now you know, oh, what I'm experiencing right now is burnout. So I need to do the thing that helped me last time. And so it sounds like a tip for somebody who's experiencing that now is that you take care of your physical body, that if your body is sending out those signals, that you do something to take care of your needs and recover your energy to make sure that you don't deplete your battery. Okay, cool. Absolutely. Anything else that was helpful? Yeah, absolutely. So that was very much like step one. That was almost like damage control, which is like, I need to just get my physical person like replenished, recharged. And then the next thing was a real coincidence of the timings where we then we subsequently went into lockdown. So my burnout story is from a few years ago, as I described, uh, I would say maybe like, I guess like 2018, 2019, they were, they were within kind of a year of each other. We then went into lockdown and it nicely coincided with one of the coaching programs that I signed up to. I worked with an amazing executive leadership coach called Rena Dial. Shout out to her. She was amazing. And we went through a lot of different exercises. And my goal, my goal working with her wasn't necessarily to... Um, to not burn out again it was more feeding into my workaholism wanting to be better and I almost didn't know it was my first experience of coaching so I really wanted to see you know how I could get even better um but we went through a few different exercises and two in particular were such eye-opening moments one was the wheel of life where you literally draw out on a piece of paper all the different aspects of your life across friends, family, work, hobbies, for anyone who isn't familiar. And you basically give yourself a self-assessment, a scoring out of 10, how you rank, you know, how you're currently doing across these different spectrums of your life. So the idea is we'll never, we'll never be 10 out of 10 across everything. There'll be a bit of balance, but it just gives you a good overall perspective as to how you're doing. So I rank pretty highly across everything, except for the category that was called fun, which I'll, which I'll pick up on afterwards as a bit of a story there. The second exercise was, again, I highly, highly recommend the Clifton Strengths Assessment, which is by the research company Gallup was super insightful. It's like an hour test. You pay for it. It's not like a free BuzzFeed quiz or anything. It's a real kind of proper serious assessment. And it's all about looking at your natural strengths and where you're potentially overplaying or overabusing some of your natural strengths or where there's maybe some opportunities to brush up. So the result of this finder test or the Clifton Strengths, which was what it's now called, 
is I rank extremely highly on number one, what they call the achiever. And number two, what they also call activator. And what this means is achiever, as it sounds, is very much about getting shit done. Apologies if I can, not sure if I can cast on your <laughs> podcast, yep. but it's all about making things happen, uh, getting things done, which I've always, I've always known that about myself. I always tell people, if you want something done, you come to me. And the activator is all about getting things started. It's all about the activating. So you've got the activate. I'm a woman of my word. I always say, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. I activate and I achieve. So what this means also with my, my the absolute bottom, one was called restorative, like right at the very bottom of everything. This deadly combination is again, is a fast track to burnout because all I wanted to do was my life has basically been in pursuit, personal business, in pursuit of making the activating and the achieving even more efficient and faster and better every single time. So anytime I start something and finish it, I want to do it better and quicker and more efficient and faster every single time. So even if I switch on the kettle to boil, I could be doing something in that time while I'm waiting for the kettle to boil. Like I'm not just going to stand there and wait for it to boil. <laughs> so ridiculous. So there was that. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, yeah, this, this definitely explains a lot. And then going back to the wheel of life with the fun spectrum on this diagram the conversation I had with my coach was well what what do you do for fun what do you enjoy doing like outside of work and I was like oh, I love I genuinely I love my work like I, I have fun doing what I do that's why I that's why I built a company around it so I mean, there has to be something outside there must be something else and I kept kind of it was a bit of back and forth I was like I really do love it I don't know I was it was so impossible for me to answer like what I did just for fun <laughs> that had nothing to do with work. Anything I was saying was still work related. <laughs> and she pushed me and she pushed me. And eventually I, I came out with, actually, yeah, like I do, I do love visiting museums. I come from an art background, like going to galleries and suddenly I could start thinking and like drawing and painting. I haven't done any of that for years. So I started coming up with some things. And she said to me, she was like, this is like going to the gym every single day and it only ever being leg day. You're only ever exercising that one part of your body, which is not the key to overall fitness. The same with your mind. You need to exercise different parts of your mind. You're going to the office and you're doing leg day every single day. And so with her knowing that I'm such a workaholic and such a grafter, she understood that she needed to appeal to those parts of me. So in the past, I'd always have friends and colleagues and family be like, Steph, come out, go out to party. And I'd be like, no, I'd always be the last one in the office. And they'd always be like, oh, no, no, have fun. They think it's something else. I'm like, I'm actually having fun here doing this. So she knew how to appeal. So she was like, if you take that time out, to go to a gallery or a museum or get the paintbrushes back out again at the weekend, it makes you better at your day job. So that was the way that she sold it into me. That was how I needed someone to help me get the penny to drop. Like, I'm not gonna go and do something just for fun. I'm gonna do something so that in an indirect way, it does make me even better at my job. Which is brilliant, right? 
And now the question that everybody's wondering about is, did it in fact help you? And if so, how? Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So rewinding a little bit where it's like the damage control, first of all, is on that physical care and taking care of myself. But then, of course, we're, all, we're physiological beings, the mind, the soul, the body, it's all completely intertwined. So that's where it's super important as part of this conversation to not leave out those other things. You need to do the things that nourish you physically, eating good food, having that rest, but nourishing you emotionally, right? So absolutely, yes. So, you know, I'm, I'm living proof. I haven't had burnout since. I know when to put the brakes on. Again, this was a few years ago. We had lockdown and the business exploded. So I could have gone into burnout once again. <laughs> but I've learned the hard way how to put the brakes on, how to have fun just for fun's sake, and how to mix up and like get that variety going in because especially if there are many business owners listening to this as well, not only are you damaging yourself physically, emotionally, mentally, but you are developing resentment to the business that you're building. You will just one day, you just associate all of this graft and toil with a business that ultimately just made you unhappy for the most part. And I love this idea of, personifying our business, you know, because we usually think about resentment towards a person, but I think that we can think about our work as another thing that takes everything out of us if we choose to give everything away. And we can end up in the same boat as when we're saying yes to everybody and not having good boundaries. So regardless of whether it's a person or your actual job, if we are constantly pouring everything that we have into it and not living a more balanced life, we will end up feeling resentful. We will feel drained and exhausted and burn out. So that's a great reminder for people. Um, so you mentioned how you started having more fun and that allowed you to show up more strongly for your work. Is there a specific example that you can share? Yeah, and a very recent one, actually. So I was just mentioning that we had the Easter bank holiday over here in the UK. And so just yesterday, I had booked tickets to visit a Walt Disney exhibition at the Wallace Collection, a museum here in my favourite city in the world. Oh, my goodness. It just it set my heart on fire. It filled I could feel my soul. I could feel my soul just being so happy, like <laughs> going around this exhibition, looking at these super rare sketches from the Walt Disney Studios and these outtakes and concept art by Mary Blair. And so I'm still in the creative industries and at work you know, with Bloom, we're producing a lot of creative work, lots of branding, which is, which is great. So of course it's, it's not a million miles away, but it is time that you're spending away from screens, you're out and about, and you're enjoying something that you just feel super passionately about. So this for me, like I'm a huge fan of creativity, animation. I specialized in illustration at art school. This also combines the history element to me as well. So that's why I love going to museums and these sorts of different things and looking at an original poster of Cinderella from 1950 and how of course it was hand 
illustrated at this point in time and you you're there again because it isn't something that you're witnessing on screen you're there in that intimate space and really seeing this piece of artwork where you can appreciate the brush the hand brush strokes so things like that that attention to detail that creativity that history that blend of everything I did also happen to run into a celebrity which was also a major highlight of the visit I managed to grab a selfie with um, with Lena Dunham, actually, the creator of Girls, obviously American TV show, which is awesome. So, yeah, that's a super recent example that I would love to share with the listeners to remind you to get back out there, go to an exhibition, go to a park, get out and about. Obviously, spending time in nature is a great one as well. But, yeah, that one is for me. So, so far, we talked about physically listening to the signals, taking care of your body, and secondly, you talked about just getting out there, having some fun, give your mind a break from screens and all this kind of stuff. What's your third tip? My third tip. Hmm. So I guess it's more on, on the mental side of things. So having experienced burnout, not only once, but twice, I, uh, and actually having loads of fellow founder friends, also burn out and seeing this huge epidemic, I read into this further and attended a few kind of webinars and interesting sort of classes on this. And something that I learned in a particular masterclass was we are not actually falling victim of burnout because we're working any harder than we used to. In fact, generations ago, people worked more hours per week on average the key difference and why we have this problem now, which is where we're going down more of the kind of the mental path here, is that there's just this constant that we're always working with. There's always emails coming through. There's always Slack notifications. It's this, we actually are experiencing a lack of, of deep satisfaction that comes from meaningful work is what it actually comes down to. So we just constantly feel that we are struggling and moving uphill. There's this uphill battle. We're trying to roll this kind of wheel upwards. And we think, you know, we're on this constant mission to get to inbox zero and to clear our notifications, to answer all our LinkedIn messages <laughs> and the WhatsApp messages and Slack and everything else. They're always going to be coming your way. So it's really about actually setting yourself clear targets so that you're making meaningful progress towards those clearly defined goals. Once you've reached those, it's achieving those, um, sorry, I mean, say it's celebrating those micro wins, however small they may be. Um, and it's, enjoy it's enjoying that journey and making that overall journey as, as joyful as it possibly can and, and doing what you can to get that satisfaction along the way. So, this is where that mental tip is. The mind is such a powerful thing. Our thoughts become our reality. We all know how we construct our own reality in our own minds. So it's that sense of satisfaction that we need to create for ourselves. And I think that's a really great point because, you know, our job can be all different kinds of things. There's different reasons why people burn out, but it's our responsibility to make fun, 
you know, to in- incorporate fun into our lives. Um, and it was, it's funny because I was just doing a corporate training for a bank and I was looking at their values and they have eight values and value number eight was have fun. And I was like, great that it's a value. And it's also the last thing on the list. Mm. Right. And so there's, uh, I think there's definitely more room in the discussion for companies in general and, and for us business owners to think about how do we incorporate more fun? Because that's the thing that breeds creativity and allows mm. people to um, improve on their performance and to really avoid burnout, right? When you incorporate fun, like you talked about how, and this is kind of an interesting point, you talked about how much you loved your work and how you couldn't even come up with a hobby. And now you're this person who is going to galleries and going to museums and and doing all these fun things. How do you feel different from like, you know, I'm sure there's people listening now who are where you used to be. We're like, but I love my work. Like, this is my passion. I don't need anything else. What would you say to them? Put the brakes on. I know it's so hard. If you're anything like me and such a type A achiever, workaholic, you owe it to yourself. Because the funny thing is, you're talking about the corporate training and the work with these other companies. If you think about it, everyone else in your life, I mean, especially when we think about work, your manager, for example, they want you to do a good job. They want you to perform well. They don't care if you've, when you become an adult, you know, they don't care if you had breakfast that morning (laughs) or or that you got a good night's sleep. I mean, the best managers, you know, do obviously care about, about employee wellbeing, but ultimately it's not their responsibility. Their response, they may care about you in that sense because they want you to be performing at your best, but it's, that's the ultimate goal. They don't, they're not your mom anymore. Right. So unless you have people around you who really do take care of you for you, ultimately it's still number one. You've got to look out for yourself. There's no one else there to tell you, come on, like skip that one more episode of Netflix, go to bed a little bit earlier instead tonight, make sure you get a good breakfast. There has to be that voice that comes in because again, it just, it will just lead to burnout and it leads to resentment as much as it's exciting you at the moment and you're getting passionate about it, just, just rein it in before you juice it all out. You've got to make sure that you, that you can run your business sustainably, scale it in that sensible way, because as the founder of the business, especially if this is business owners listening now, you are the business's number one asset. So I think that's another helpful thing as well. If we don't want to, if we still, you know, self-care isn't selfish, but if a lot of us still feel like it's selfish to do some of those things, then maybe there's a bit of that mindset shift as well. Maybe it's thinking about, I'm not taking care of just me for me and myself because that just feels too selfish. I'm taking care of me as the company's number one asset. So it's almost thinking about yourself as this is the company CEO, this is the company director. What would you do to take care of them almost as a separate entity? Because again, it just links back slightly to what we are saying before, whether there is some of this gendered kind of philosophy around it, women naturally tend to be the caregivers. So if it's easier for us to think about caring for others, then there's a little bit of that playful mindset shift that you can do to help. Yeah. And uh, it is definitely a mindset shift. I know earlier you talked about that fear of missing out, the thing that kind of drives you to really do more as opposed to pull away. So 
you mentioned the physical tip, the idea of, you know, having more fun, having more hobbies in your life, having more of that, uh, the things that really light you up. And then the third tip was really about mentally looking after yourself. And what are maybe some ways in which you did that? How do you take care of your mind? I guess hmm. for me, it's about, again, like a bit of that shift in the mindset of just knowing that would I rather have this short-term gain acting like an overexcited puppy with work all the time <laughs> versus taking a longer-term view on my business? Yeah, I don't run a company that I was you know, meant to pump up as hard as I could and sell it six months later. This is my main source of income and I'd rather do this than anything else right now. And I've been doing this for five years. So there was that kind of that mind. It's more of a mindset shift, I would say, on the mental kind of side of things. With just, as I said, going through that coaching experience, some of those programs, a lot of that self-education as well, right? Like I was saying before, like reading up, attending some of these webinars, the more you understand why it's happening, what you can do to combat it, you know, firstly, diagnosing, again, whether it is burnout, if it's something else, again, it's very close to fatigue, exhaustion, depression. Mm -hmm. Once you know the cause, you can do something about it. So again, it took a couple of times <laughs> for the message to hit home for me. It wasn't enough to go through this once. I think it was having gone through it a second time where it was just enough for me to realize, okay, I can't, if, if I keep doing this and this continues to be an annual pattern, then forget about myself. My business is never going to grow because the founder of the company is going to be out for a month every January. Absolutely. So you've, you've talked about some really helpful tips and thank you so much for sharing all of that. If somebody is listening to this and they really want to reach out to you, Stephanie, where's the best place for them to go? Instagram or LinkedIn are the two main social channels where I live. I'm Steph Melodia across all platforms. So it should be fairly easy to, to find. Um, so yeah, just search Stephanie Melodia on LinkedIn or at Steph Melodia on Instagram. Depending on whether you want to see reels of my boyfriend cooking or useful business content, you can decide which platform you want to follow me on. <laughs> there you go. So depending on whether you're in fun mode or work mode, you've got options. So that's exactly. awesome. Uh, so, you know, today we are talking to Stephanie, who is a doer. And I'm hoping that if you're listening to this and you recognize yourself in her story, then we want to hear from you. And obviously, regardless of what your personality code is, my goal is always to spread the word that burnout is a unique experience and that by decoding it, you can find solutions that are equally unique to you. I'd love for you to help me spread this message by subscribing to the show on Apple or Spotify and leaving us a review telling us what you think, feel, and do differently because of the show. And if you're watching us on YouTube, you can also leave me a comment or questions to answer in future episodes. And please recommend the show to anyone you know who is struggling with burnout. I'm always here to take requests and answer all of your questions. Burnout is an important topic and it shows up differently for different people. So always love bringing on new and exciting guests, different twists and turns in the burnout world uh, and stick around. I'll see you back here next week.